0: Welcome to Women in Venture Capital. I'm Roshvina, a student at Harvard Business School with prior experience in finance, and more recently, venture capital in Africa. And I am Anvita, Harvard Business School class of 22. I've actively worked in VC
1: and tech startup space. Our mission at Women in Venture Capital is simple.
0: Increase the representation of women in the VC industry through awareness and engagement. So join us as we engage with women establishing their presence in VC. Our guest today is Pallavi Chakravorty. Pallavi is a second-year student at Harvard Business School. She spent the past summer working in product management at e-commerce experience platform Bolt. Prior to HBS, Pallavi worked in growth equity at Sequoia India, covering fintech and consumer internet investments. She started her career at BCG and holds an integrated bachelor's and master's degree in biotech from IIT Madras. Thank you so much for joining us, Pallavi. It's a pleasure to have you.
1: Thank you so much for inviting, Rashvina. Super excited to do this.
0: Awesome. So uh, we'll jump right in. Um, And so I covered a little bit of your career in the intro, but can you tell us? A little bit more about the journey so far. You had a relatively short stint at BCG, then went on to work for Sequoia for over four years. What motivated that move?
1: Uh, Great question, Dashvina. So, like you mentioned, my career started with BCG. Uh, Great platform when you are starting right out of college because consulting gave me the experience to work with people who are higher up in the industry and understand how to communicate well how to structure the thoughts. BCG is also known to do and around the time that I joined, BCG was focusing a lot on end-to-end programs, which included not just the strategy piece, but the execution piece as well. So that gave me a flavor to work with teams to drive the product towards fulfillment, which was another interesting experience. What I did not enjoy so much uh, at BCG was the fact that beyond the point, you do not Drive what is happening. So, you give the advice to the client, but at the end of the day, it is the client's decision whether they want to do it or not. Also, I was working a lot with uh, public sector companies at that point of time. Like, my second project was actually with a large public sector bank. And the pace of innovation or the speed at which the client moved was slower than what I would have liked. Mm. Around the same time, my brother had started up and he kept on talking in the healthcare space in India. And he kept talking about how challenging and fast and exciting his la- life is with all its ups and downs. So I was, I had started feeling this, that consulting is good. It gave me enough opportunity to hone my skills of uh, first principle thinking, problem solving, communication, etc. But I realized early on that I do not see myself in the career path for a long term. Uh, I was not particularly thrilled with what I will need to keep on doing uh, if I want to succeed. And the life and the pace of the startup world, especially hearing it from my brothers, sounded super exciting. I did not have any idea of my own and I did not even feel the need to plunge directly right away. But one industry which I felt was in the intersection was venture capital. And I started looking out for firms which were in the VC space in India, uh, Sequoia, Matrix, uh, Access, uh, Safe, uh, that time Safe and now Elevation. Soon enough, uh, at the end of your first year, some of the VC firms reach out to you in India for recruiting for the next steps. And as it happened, uh, Sequoia, the team from Sequoia reached out to me and I had anyway done a decent amount of research on them and the message on their website, which is we help um, daring companies from idea to IPO and beyond uh, that stuck with me. And that I found it super interesting. Like there was a vision around helping founders and keeping them as in the in the front there was a vision of long-term capital holding. It was not just, okay, we want to do it for this, but the message literally conveyed that we are here for the long run. Um, and Sequoia in India is a good brand. Um, so that was the reason why I started interviewing with them. When I interviewed, I initially was skeptical because I thought that they look for operating or uh, startup experience. But the interview went nice and I candidly called out something which Reza um, Satchu in our LTV class keeps telling us that if you have doubts sometimes it's just best to um, just call it out up front so my first interview was with this VC partner and I call it out up front to him that hey you know I am super interested about this opportunity I have historically felt that there is a need to have some operating experience to be able to do that uh, while I do not bring that right away but I have done this this in consulting and. Since I'm so keen, I would love for you guys to consider me as well. And I think that cleared the air a lot because they also told what they wanted to look, what they were looking for, and then the interviews went very smoothly. Um, to your question on why did I end up staying at Sequoia for so long? First of all, I feel that investing is like a completely new world, and it takes some time to learn the ropes. Uh, also, it is a job or it is a world of compounding, where the more and more you stay, the more and more you see what's happening out there. And your mind becomes good with pattern matching. So you see some investments that do, you get the feedback loop, which you require to improve your investment acumen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Learning was just so good, right? It's a profession where like you get paid for founders to come and teach you what they have learned by spending all their focus on one problem. And therefore you really are getting paid to learn from these amazing people every like day in and day out. So I loved uh, investing. Like initially the first year for me was not as smooth as I would have liked because I I thought, oh yes, I know. And I'll just hit the ball out of the park the moment I join. Uh, and the first year was like a lot of putting my head down, learning the tricks of the trade. Uh, Sequoia also was going through an internal change where it used to be, there used to be, the growth team used to have a lot of focus on the consumer side of investments. And during those times, we used to invest in consumer product, consumer brands like Bira, which was a beer brand. Uh, or health card, which was a sports nutrition brand. And around that time, we realized that the growth ecosystem in India, in the tech side, there is a gap and several companies were starting to break out. uh, And they needed growth capital to continue their journey of reaching to the stage where they can either go public or they can acquire or whatever the path that they want to take. So we were also internally going through a transition. So a lot was happening at that point of time. But I think Someone, uh, one of my uh, closest mentors keeps saying this, that during the time of turbulence, it's when you get opportunities to you know, start shining out and start showing what you bring to the table. And I think that was a point when I decided, that okay, growth tech is where I want to spend a lot of my time. I also got involved with one investment, uh, Razorpay, which was, again, a great investment. We can talk more about that uh, as we go on. And that, I think, then made me realize that, oh, there's a lot to learn. A from just meeting founders, B from just doing the diligence part of it, which which forces you to go deeper than whether this company will succeed or succeed or not. Because you can find 10 reasons to not invest in a company on the back of data, but you have to find out what are the reasons that you're still willing to take that risk. So the risk reward mentality started becoming sharper in my mind. Mm-hmm. And finally, just sitting in the board meetings and hearing from companies in terms of what are they trying to do, how are they, what are the next steps that they are trying to take that just broadened my horizon. So the learning was so interesting that I just, I was an analyst. I became a junior associate. I kept staying and I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is great. Um, At some point of time though, I felt that, okay, now is the time to either decide that I'm in it for the long run Mm -hmm. or I feel that I need some additional skill sets to continue either being a good investor or to explore something else. Mm -hmm. Um, But, at at around that time was the was the time when my partner came back we both decided okay this is a good time to do uh, b-school and the reason to do b-school in our mind was propelled by the fact that when you're investing in India you're reading benchmarking a lot with companies in US and China uh, because you want to see where will India be as a geography as an economy 10 years 20 years 30 years down the line right and so we read a lot about US, and I had, most of my specialization has been in tech payments and consumer internet, like you pointed out. Mm-hmm. So I read a lot about these companies. I had done a lot of like re, outside in research, even spoken to a few experts from them. But I did not have a real feeling or a real experience of what does it take, uh, what, what these companies are truly doing. Like when we talk about uh, like really good tech, what does it mean? I didn't have the like the first-hand feeling of that. And I was craving for that learning. Also, the more and more I sat in the board, I realized that for me to be able to, and this is a very personal feeling, and as we talk, we can discuss more about the different way investors approach this. But I felt like for Pallavi as a person to be able to bring something to the table over and above just whether it's a good investment or not. Once portfolio management begins, I need to be able to bring something to the table. And I did not feel that I was qualified enough to do that. And this was more of a thought in my head And I felt that, okay, if I get some operational experiences, that Mm -hmm. will make me a better investor in the long run, because I will be able to tell the founders or be not tell, you can never tell a founder, but I will be. (laughs) We've learned that. (laughs) Yeah, we have learned that. Yeah. But I will at least be able to be a thought partner to the founders. And when they are thinking about decisions like, oh, what culture impact can firing have? If I've seen those cycles, I'll actually be able to bring more real and relevant point of views versus just connecting them to other people who have gone through this journey. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why I propelled and I felt that okay, this is a yeah. good time to be school and yeah, now here I am and exploring the next steps. So absolutely, absolutely loved investing and now I'm trying to build the operating skills to become a better uh, version of myself.
0: Yeah, and and we'll talk a little bit more about um operations, which we did over the past summer. But before we go in there. Um, like you said you know i i'm not surprised that you stayed that long for at sequoia because like you said vcs are in the business of innovation and by definition you know it keeps evolving so there's always new things happening new things to learn um i think a lot of venture capitalists stay in their industry for that very reason because it's exciting to wake up with new new technologies uh, being developed um especially in emerging markets um While at Sequoia, I'm really curious, you mentioned some deals, but um, what were some of the fun deals you worked on that you really um, had a great time?
1: Oh, yes. So I think my top three deals, um, number one will always be Razorpay. So Razorpay is, we call Razorpay as the stripe of India. And uh, around that time, we had a player called PayU. Uh, We still have PayU. And PayU used to be like the behemoth and the giant, and two players, one PayU, one Bildesk. And Payments in India is seen as a commodity market because you, unlike US, where you end up making like 40-50 bips net take rate, um, because you end up charging like 3% as you're starting, and then you end up giving something away to the intermediaries, you end up taking 40-50 BIPs. In India, the market is quite shrunk. So you start at a 1.5% versus a 3% in the US. And then once you are you have given whatever you need to provide to your partners to visa mastercard acquirer issuers etc you literally are staying with 10 to 15 BPs, which is very miniascale if you think about it so there were a lot of and sequoia had initially done an investment which in the payment space which had not worked out as well as they would have liked so there was this was a category where there was historic bias uh, there were questions on the market but and therefore there was a lot of thinking required on whether it makes sense or not But what was super interesting about Razorpay, Razorpay was, I think, my first deal where I worked with my mentor, Ashan. And the one mindset which I took from him was to start finding product-first companies and companies where the technology or the product itself speaks for them. And I think our main work in Razorpay over and above, uh, what is the market depth? uh, Why is it? uh, Payments in itself is a very interesting category because once you are a payment provider, you grow as the economy grows. So once I have, let's say, an urban ladder on my platform, every year as urban ladder is growing, the payments volume that I get from urban ladder grows. So innovates like taking a bet on the economy. Like the time is uncapped, one can say theoretically. When we were investing, PayPal at that time of time in US was doing 720 billion of uh, overall GMV, And now PayPal is doing 1.2 trillion of overall GMV. So it just doesn't stop growing. It's like 20, 30% growth. Because your underlying customers are growing. So there were inherent characteristics of the payments market that we really liked. Um, But over and above, I think the main thing which sealed the deal and which was my biggest learning was when there is doubt and skepticism, A, just rally everyone together, which is what we did. So we just told all the partners and everyone on the IC that hey. Why don't we just reach out to our portfolio companies and all other portfolio companies that you can think of and ask them who's the payment provider that they are using and just get first-hand feedback on what do they feel about Razorpay as a company? What do they feel about founders? And what we heard, just getting people together and hearing from the different folks on the quality of the product made us realize, oh, this is a truly special team and what they are building is unlike what we have seen historically. Like this is a special product and finally, when we got to meet the team in growth, what ends up happening is companies which are interesting, all the eyes are are on them because you know that there are like handful of these opportunities. Right. So you know, it's not that you get several times to interface, but when we, and Sequoia at that time was building its presence in the growth ecosystem. So when we finally got a chance to meet the founders and when we heard their vision, which which was basically about using payment as an input, but to play in the entire stack of money movement and they articulated and they showed what they had next in line including a corporate card a razorpay x which is like a business banking account payroll which one will think that payroll is a small lead in india but payroll is one of the highest nps generator products that razorpay has even now when i go to twitter every now and then i see some smb founder saying that the payroll product has completely changed their life so i think All these made us eventually overcome the hurdle that, okay, yes, payment is seen as a commodity market, but that's not necessarily a, that's not the only thing about payment. Payment is also a very sticky category where the time is technically unlimited. And in a way you can think about payment companies as SaaS companies, where you have a significant net revenue retention, because as your old customers grow, just by growing with them, your older cohorts only end up contributing a huge share of any new net revenue that you're getting every particular year. And over and above the vision, which was start with payments and then evolve into multi-products was something which stuck with us. And finally, and actually the most important thing was just the founding team. We were like this team, this this combination of Herschel and Sashank, it's just fire, fire, fire. Like Herschel was this business guy, the CEO of material. And you could see like his thinking around culture, his thinking around how to keep the team together. And Sashank was like the secret sauce, the CTO, who had all these crazy creative ideas on, hey, this is something that we can go next, this is something that we can build next and so on. Finally, we did the investment. It was a contested deal. It took a long time to convince people. And now I think Razorpay is one of the most uh, standout portfolios of Sequoia uh, in, in the last few investments we have done. They have they have continued to deliver on trying to on getting out new products. They are showing great net revenue retention. Um, I think now they are some seven billion or even more. I don't remember what was the last valuation that they raised. at. we invested in them at four hundred million, which was much earlier around. And now the company has scaled to be much much larger than what we were even we initially thinking. And I think it's just the beginning. Like even now, if you ask me, there is 10, 20, 30 years of growth in front of Razorpay. Primarily because they have created that ecosystem now. There is so much goodwill that they're able to hire talent because of their great culture, because of the innovative cutting-edge work they are doing. They also operate in a category where the scope for innovation is unlimited. So Razorpay stands out. And I learned a lot from sitting in every single board meeting. Like there was a point in time when leaving Sequoia for me was hard because it meant letting go of like the opportunity to sit in the boardroom of Razorpay and just hear from the founders. But I mean, you got to do what you got to do. So LaserPay is the number one investment that I can think of. The other two that I will, I will not speak too much in details. I'm happy to speak if you want me to. Uh, one was Grow, which was in the space of Grow is like the Robinhood of India, which is a, a platform and investing and a wealth management platform for millennials. And they started with mutual fund as a product. The reason my Robinhood, uh, the reason my grow was interesting was because in grow I had to put the hat of a growth investor as well as a venture investor. We were thinking about which fund should we invest from? Should it come from the growth fund? Should it come from the venture fund? How much we want to allocate? There were questions around what is the next set of products that they will do. They had mutual fund. They were launching brokerage. But again, a super interesting investment. I learned a lot about neo banking as a category. I learned a lot about founder market fit. I know we hear a lot in our LTV course that founder market fit is not necessary. And I agree there is merit in that, but when there are moments, when you see the founder market fit and it makes you realize, Oh, this team is meant to build this product. Mm. And the vision of the founder again was very interesting. It was not really around investing only. It was basically how can we make investing experiences as delightful as buying a product from Flipkart or Amazon. Mm. The existing investing products were still very trader heavy and, even to check out and even to buy one stock, it required you to input a lot of things. And I think putting this vision in perspective and then creating delightful user experiences using Grow was the reason why the company is like, again, another one, another one, one of the opportunities Just scaling right now, doing really well, um, has exceeded our expectations. The final opportunity, which I would love to touch about is this company called Huft, which is in the consumer consumer internet space. Mm. Is this brand called Heads Up for Tails, and it is in the pet care space. And the reason why this investment was interesting was because this investment truly required us to do a very futuristic thinking. And we were thinking about what category in the consumer space do we think will work out in the next 5, 10, 20 years. Our prior experience in consumer investing had also shown us that sometimes it makes sense to go a little early and take a little bit more risk if you truly believe that. This category can play out because if you wait and once it gets discovered, then the price is just too high for you to get in. This is what happened with Nika, where I think initially there was some skepticism. But when people realized that, oh, Nika is actually a super attractive company, there was just so much demand to get in that it was just hard for any venture capital firm to be confident that yes, by giving this bid, they will they will they will be able to win Nika over. And so the reason why we felt Huff is an interesting category is this work involved just a complete global scan and a very outside in thinking. And we saw in US, in China, both places, babies and pets are just seen so like to like, like the way the baby care market (laughs) in a few years, as the economy grows and as people's buying propensity and GDP per capita grows, you see a secular growth in the pet care market as well because babies equals to pet at, at a very like root level the love that you feel is very very similar and people therefore are comfortable spending up for them people want to do discovery for them people want to find the right things for them people want a community where they can interact if something is wrong very similar to what happens in baby care and that was our primary thesis for going uh after pet care as a category it was still early in India I say I, I I'll say it, it, it is still early it is still evolving but a category and b of course the team it one narrative which you will hear across all my investment is is the team because no matter what stage of investing you do it is always about the team like at the end of the day what if what an investor is trying to look at is is this the founder that we know can just do whatever it takes to build and does this founder have those consumer insights or those business insights which shows that they know what they are trying to do and the same, again, applied for the Huff founders, like an amazing set of founder. They were into this. Rashi, who was the female co-founder, had built this. Comp- had actually started building this company long back and s- spent several years just trying to understand the market. She herself is a dog owner and a passionate dog lover. So again, everything ticked. And that was the third investment, which the jury is still out. We'll see how that plays out. But I'm quite uh, interested because of the category. And again, the founder, founder and founder market fit.
0: These are three very interesting companies. And I can tell just from hearing you speak about it, that you were sold not only on the business, but like you said, like, you know, on the team and their ability to execute, which at the end of the day is really what matters for a lot of these startups. Wow. Um, amazing. And as I was saying earlier, um, and you touched on it a little bit, you know, you had um, the experience of working in ops for the first time over the summer and really curious how the process was. And if you think that has influenced how you think about investments or even potentially, you know, going into apps after HBS? Yes, yes, that's a great question. Um, So yes, I had my first
1: experience. My first journey was to decide that, do I want to be in product or do I want to be in biz ops? I realized most of my work historically has been more in the product space. Um, And that was the reason why, and, and the more and more I spoke with people, I realized that in the I wanted to be close to tech first companies and in the tech first companies, PM is GM where a PM is someone who is coordinating with the different entities is of course, laying down the overall product vision, strategy, execution, et cetera. And then going ahead and ex, and, and partnering with the different entities, which is designers, um, engineers, uh, then quality experts, and then bringing it all together to the GTM teams, and then ensuring that the launch happens. And I was craving to do something like that, which involved working in a team in a more collaborative environment and seeing what it takes. Now, little bit on the process, it was not. It was. It was a very interesting process, and I think for me, one clarity I had was I wanted to be closer either to payments fintech or consumer internet, and I was looking at opportunities keeping that in mind. And then Bolt ended up happening. The experience was spectacular. I loved the summer. Um, what really stood out for me was. One, A, of course, Bolt is a great company. Bolt is going through and was going through its own set of challenges, not taking that away. But when they talk about conscious culture, they really are they really are a believer and a propagator of that. So even as an intern, when I joined, everything, all communications, okay, I'm not sure, I, I, I'm sure it is not all. I'm sure there are some conversations that happen behind the door, like it is in any case, in, in any company. But majority of the conversations were on Slack, open Slack for everyone to read. If I would DM someone for any work, they would encourage me that, hey, do not DM. Why don't you put it on the main group that we have created? So every single entity knows that who's talking to whom. So like there was a lot of focus on open communication, open culture, feeling publicly. uh, The same thing that, uh, you know, like sometimes we feel skeptical of. But the more and more I saw that I realized, oh, this is how company culture, this is an interesting way to build company culture. But what from a... What product management taught me, I really enjoyed that it it picks different aspects of your brain. So one part is, of course, the business and the strategic thinking, which I feel for someone like me is a little bit more natural because that's what I've spent most of my time in consulting and investing uh, doing. But the other aspects which were new to me, which I realized, oh, I really enjoy is A, the design aspect of it that okay what does it take what will what should the user flows be what is more intuitive and be the engineering aspect of it the technical side of things that sometimes you believe that anything and everything can happen but when you have to go and speak with the engineering team and when you have to pitch what you want you need to have some technical depth and that pushes your thinking in terms of what is it that you truly believe can happen now the for me the One skill set, which I can immediately see after just one internship, which I feel is quite replicable in investing is when you do this, I think it starts putting a guardrail to your dreaming. So investing is a lot about risk reward and risk reward is you need to be able to think through and quantify that, okay, what, how bad can this go and how big can this go? Now, when you start thinking about how big can it go, there is no end to dreaming, right? You can, you can think about anything and everything because now it's all up to your imagination. Now you need, but I feel when you have done some operations, what it does is it puts an intuitive understanding of the guardrails. It makes you start questioning that, okay, when I thought, when I was investing and building the business model for company X and I thought that, oh yes, in two years time, they'll be able to do international expansion and they will be able to make 30, 40 billion revenue out of it in the high, now that i think about it i would never make an assumption like that now when i saw what it takes to just launch one feature to be able to go ahead and do geographical expansion and to believe that in two years a startup can actually make 50 million just like that is is something which i will think through a lot i will question a lot i will try to understand from founders what do they think why do they think it's their right to win and so on and so forth and i think this clarity this understanding becomes deeper when you are on the operator side and you see what it takes to truly build something you start understanding what impact does firing have on culture like bolt preemptively uh fired a few people and then there were some repercussions that happened in terms of talent leaving and how they had to retain them and so on and so forth so you start seeing things like this and you realize oh as the company progresses when there is a time for succession should they hire people from outside should they promote people internally what does uh, uh, proactive firing mean? What does it mean to have a conscious culture? What are the pros and cons and so on and so forth? So I feel from a company building perspective, it definitely makes you smarter. So you are a better thought partner to the co-founder, uh, to the founder. And I feel that it also makes you better invested in just the diligence part of it. Because the entire risk reward math, you start thinking about the reward or you start thinking about the upset in a more, realistic manner because now you see that oh it takes time to get things done or a culture can have this impact or a founder can have this impact and all of these feeds into how you think about investing having said that i don't think it's necessary i know people like again the mentor ishan with whom i've worked a lot is a lifestyle investor he did investing before sequoia he came to hbs he went back directly again to investing he's now a partner at sequoia one of the early found, one of the early partners, uh, like an early track promotion. Uh, when I ask him, he feels that he never feels this need to go out and do operations. Because for him, he's just enjoying learning from founders and passing on that message and he feels he's ready.
0: Mm-hmm. But I
1: think for me personally, the decision of trying operating and then seeing whether it helps in investing or not, I feel it does. I definitely feel that just by that once uh, summer internship, I now look about, and think about investing opportunities and especially the reward in a more guarded and in a more realistic manner. So much this has inspired my decision that currently I'm in the phase where I'm working on my own idea with my partner. And the hope is that this journey will also teach me what does operating truly means, not just only from product, but all these learnings which I was talking about, right, building a company, hiring people, taking decisions, failing, succeeding, and so on and so forth. And then Seeing how, seeing where it takes me in my next phase of growth, uh, so Absolutely. I really enjoyed operating. And um, but again, it's not required, but mm-hmm. it depends from people to people.
0: Yeah, and we've we've definitely had a lot of guests from very different backgrounds on the show before. Um, it is very much, you know, a subjective thing. Uh, a lot of people do find a lot of benefit from having ops and uh, before joining VC, and people, you know, come from a finance background or other backgrounds as well. So it is a very personal journey at the end of the day um and i am glad to hear that you're working on an idea and i can't wait to hear more about it when it comes out um so, so just <laughs> absolutely so i'm going to shift the gears a little bit here um and talk about you know gender dynamics in the industry um so while you were at Sequoia, what have been your observations on gender in BC and what advice do you have for aspiring female investors? As we know, the stats and we refer to a lot of the stats in the u s but honestly globally even it, it's pretty pretty bad for female check writers and um, you know the trickle- down effects of funding to female founders. So I'm really curious uh, on your thoughts on that.
1: Well that's a great question, uh, Rashvina. and. Uh, so I have been a little lucky in the sense that uh working at working at Sequoia, Sequoia is very much focused on ensuring that there is a balanced team so in fact, growth team we have our first female partner in India, Sakshi Chopra, who became a partner along with Ashan and I have worked a lot like Huft was the deal that I worked with her, and therefore i have seen I have seen a decent number of female investors as well in the room because of my career at Sequoia. But having said that, there is this gender, one can say there is, it's not 50-50 for sure. Like the fact that Sakshi was the first female partner uh, in India, in Sequoia, uh, in my, that I have seen, speaks for itself. While there were several male partners to begin with. So there is this, there is this, like you said, right? Balancing of scales, which is required and which will happen over time. Um, I feel one way of doing that is for people I am a big promoter and I feel that females have to, of course, the ecosystem has to stand together and males have to come together and and all of those need to happen. But I feel that sometimes female only make it harder for females. Like I struggle with the fact that in India, it's quite common that females who were brides, once they become mother-in-law, they make their son's wife go through a very similar experience that they have gone through while they did not like that experience, which is some restriction, some inhibition, some questions and so on and so forth. And even at workspace, I've sometimes seen this females questioning females a little bit. And that dynamic needs to change. Now, it does not mean that, it, that there need not be meritocracy. Of course, you need to question people. You need to ask people. You need to advise people. But you need to realize where do females come from and females need to realize where other females are coming from like if I had to do certain things to succeed does not mean that the next person also need to do those exact things to succeed so my first and foremost and I think Sequoia India has done a good job in going down that path so they have launched the Sequoia Spark program which is like uh, a grant that they give to aspiring female founders Um, they of course have made Sakshi. Sakshi has been promoted as one of the first female partners and that I feel is quite aspiring to see that oh someone that i worked with has climbed the ladder and is now right there at the top even when they're hiring analysts they of course they don't try to hire one over the other but they look at the balance like they try to see that oh meritocracy meritocracy is a number one but they also try to look at the balance and i feel it is required you know because when i think about the insights which Sakshi was able to bring to the table they are different they're different from the way And that's because the experiences are different. Like what a male has gone through in his life and what a female has gone through in her life, those experiences are different and both experiences are required. Like females, I feel, bring a little bit more empathy to to the table. Even categories which are female first, right? Like we were evaluating this company called Zivami, which was in the space of female women laundry, And the one thing which the founder told us, and this was an all-female team, it was Sakshi, me, and another uh, analyst at that time, Simran, And what this founder told us was she was super impressed because in all the other places that she went, she was interacting with male counterparts on the other side. And beyond the point, it was just hard for them to even realize what's the problem with laundry. how many times do you need to change them, Uh, how are females caught up in not changing them versus things like this, she never had to explain us because we understood. And therefore, the conversations happen at a different level of depth. Uh, And the same reflecting back in ICs, right, the kind of, insights both qualitative and quantitative which you are able to bring to the table because of your prior experiences are quite rich so i feel not just for female but just but even from an overall diversity angle i feel that investing committees should have a lot of voices because you that's how you ensure that you don't miss out on something. And different voices help in shaping up the perspective way more. Like if everyone is saying the same thing, then there is definitely something which people are not seeing. And therefore, you need different voices on the table. Uh, having said that, is that the case right now that across the globe, and let me speak about India, it, it, has it happened yet? No. But is it going in that path? Yes. Like I remember, uh, again, going back to LTV, uh, one of the stats being shared that 40% of new hires in the U.S., are females in the uh, VC ecosystem or in the investing ecosystem. I don't have the exact stat for India, but my intuition and whatever I have seen, I feel that it's not, I don't know if it's 40% or not, but there is definitely an increasing number of people who are going, A, there are more and more females who are going into this profession. B, there are more and more hires that I can see. Like when I look at Axel, when I look at Sequoia, when I look at um, Lightspeed, I actually see a lot of female investors now. So that narrative is changing. Uh, And that is quite, like, quite hopeful. I think once that narrative change changes, there is, there will be an easier path for female founders who are looking to raise capital because sometimes some problem, a lot of problems that we all target comes from our old personal experiences, right? Like, let's say if I have uh, body pain during the time when um, uh, I have some health issues. Now it's easier for me to express the same to another female who has gone through that journey. And therefore, why do I feel, I should spend my time going behind that versus trying to explain to a male who has not gone through that. So I feel as more and more females come in the investing ecosystem, as more and more programs like Sequoia Spark uh, come out in the ecosystem where you are just promoting females to come up, take a grant, no no board seat, no ownership, just take this grant and build what you want to build. I think all of this will empower more and more female founders to come to the forefront. And it is happening. Like half one of the co-founders is female, um uh, Data, the f- uh, founder is female and several companies that i can think of so i can definitely see it's already happening uh and i see that this trend will keep on continuing to grow in future my advice like you asked to aspiring budding female found female uh investors is i i think first of all do not think so much about the fact that you are female because sometimes thinking that, oh, I'm a female, what can I do? That in itself, like there's a lot of self-doubt which we impose on ourselves, and we need to break out of that. And one way of breaking out of that is just looking around, right? Like when I saw, oh, there are, there is a Sakshi Chopra who could become a partner, I realized, oh yes, there is a path to do that. So it's it's not like just because it hasn't happened before. Now that I see there is one person who has done it, I'm like, oh, there are paths. So yes, it's a it's an un it's a less chartered road. But there are people who are doing that. So it is definitely something which can be done. Uh, And play to your strengths. Like I think several times people try to be, let's say you are not mathematically sharp. You will try to be very, very good with math. Or let's say you are not, empathetic enough, then you'll try to show empathy that, oh, I understand the founders. I don't think that's needed because in investing, diverse voices get respected. So play to your strength, whatever your strength is. If it is understanding the pulse of the customer, then that is your strength. If it is being super sharp with numbers and coming up to insights, using data which other people are not able to, just play to that strength. But identify what, first of all, don't let this I am a female bog you down at all. It's a superpower on its own. And be Realize that there are people who have done that, so that path is possible. See, play to your strengths, identify what is it that you bring to the table, and pitch and bring exactly the same when you are having these conversation with investors and then just put your head down and learn like it sometimes once you join investing firms because the voices are male, the voices can sound aggressive or loud i I felt that in my first year, I felt that oh, my voice is getting lost, but mm. then I realized that a part of it was just me not voicing enough because me feeling that uh, oh I'm not ready to voice but the moment the first year journey happened and I felt more and more confident on my insights and I started voicing them more and more I realized that people are giving it the same attention so it was not like they were giving an attention to a male voice more over a female voice a part of it was also me feeling hesitant in speaking up so just like break these mental barriers as much as possible and sometimes having a strong sense of community, having people that you can speak with, having, I've been blessed with some amazing mentors, Ishan, Sakshi, they have, uh, GV, they've been great, great mentors. So have these mentors with whom you can talk about these challenges that you face so they can guide you in terms of, you know, how can you break free from them? Mm -hmm. I think all of these are ways for you to continue are doing what you want and i genuinely believe that trends are changing i see it happening definitely in india not from the us market but i'm hearing similar numbers about the us market so i will not be surprised if 10 years down the maybe not 10 but at least maybe 20 30 years down the line if we actually see 50 50 representation uh, in in investing ecosystem with male and female
0: so fingers
1: crossed the trend is there just let's not stop ourselves
0: It's really great to hear that Sequoia is very proactive about it. And um, I think we talked about, you know, the stats of Czech writers is, is very depressing. But at the same time, like you said, we are seeing more women enter the industry than before. So hopefully these women will, you know, climb up the ladder and get into, you know, the decision making table And the landscape will change faster in the next 10 to 30 years. Um, Amazing. Pallavi, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your experience, your insights, um, and, you know, all your wisdom. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so
1: much for inviting, Ashwina And kudos to you and Anvita for doing this. Um, Again, like it takes platform like this to build the necessary community for people to come together. And uh, like three cheers, keep at it and like really enjoy the conversation.